Welcome to another episode of the Life Group Leader Podcast. This is your host for today, filling in for your normal host, that is Pastor Hayden, this is Pastor Evan. And here at Compass Bible Church, we exist to make disciples of Jesus Christ. By say it with me, Life Group Leaders, by reaching people for Christ, teaching people to be like Christ, and training people to serve Christ And everything that we do here at Compass, including this very podcast, is to fulfill that mission of reaching, teaching, and training. Well, Life Group Leaders, we have just wrapped up our sermon series called Dear Church. It's a, you can say it's a letter from your pastors to us as a whole church, including, you know, including Pastor Hayden and myself in this, us as a church, to make sure that we stay on mission. We talked about reaching people for Christ. We talked about teaching people to be like Christ. And now we preached on training people to serve Christ. And if people have any questions about where that mission statement comes from uh, of our church, you can point them to Matthew 28, 18 through 20 in the Great Commission, where Jesus says to make disciples by baptizing, by teaching, and by going. And so that's where we get to reach, teach, train. But this Sunday, we taught on 2 Timothy 2, 1 through 7. And let me read that to you guys real fast. You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men, who will be able to teach others also. Share in the suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits, since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. An athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. It is the hard-working farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops. Think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. And this text was kind of culminated in a main preaching point, which was to prioritize the hard labor of discipleship so that you can faithfully entrust others to carry on the pure gospel of Jesus Christ to the nations and to the generations to come. Now, the teaching points were broken up in three, and these were point number one, turn to Christ for perseverance. Point number two, learn from faithful pastors. And point number three, prioritize your participation to make disciples. And then that point three had four ways that that prioritization is can be played out is to first always aim to please Jesus two always follow Jesus's direction three always work hard for Jesus's harvest and four always seek to uh, always seek Jesus's wisdom. And Life Group Leaders, we are now back getting into Life Group after having a week off. And so it is my prayer that you use this sermon and even last week's sermon as as we teach and that we train to really help our Life Groups be prepared to entrust the pure gospel to others so that they can teach others as well. And as we mentioned in the sermon, the Paul is directing Timothy to find faithful other, other faithful men to entrust this with, but also those faithful men are entrusting their church, the, the people within their church, to be able to go then and take the pure gospel and teach their, their spouses, to teach their kids, to teach 
people in the marketplace. And so we want to make sure that our group is ready and doing the hard work of discipleship, especially as we mentioned that in the future we want to plant a church and we're not there yet. We're not ready to go send off a team. We still need to find elders. We still need to you know find elder pastors. We need to find the right serve team to go with them so that they can plant a church and that they can train others to go and plant a church. So we have a lot of hard work to do, life group leaders, and it begins with us right now as we disciple our life groups. But a couple notes uh, regarding to each point that might help you in your life group. As a reminder, I gave you guys five examples of the grace of Christ that is mentioned in verse one of chapter two, where Timothy tells, uh, Paul tells Timothy to be strengthened by the grace. And that grace, which is going to be A, his forgiveness, B, his Holy Spirit, C, his word, D, his ear, and you know E, his church. And it'd be great for you to circle back to the cross references I gave and also the little applications I gave in each one of those graces that Christ offers, remembering that we don't deserve these, but God gives them to us anyway because he loves us and wants to show his love for us and to say, here are the tools of grace to help you move forward in perseverance. And so help your life groups understand that, yes, they are at war, even though you're in a nice, cozy living room, even though you're in a nice, cozy classroom or at the cozy whim, we are absolutely still at war. And so we need every tool possible, especially ones that are from outside of ourselves to help us combat and persevere in our combat. And those are the five things that I talked briefly about. So make sure maybe in your life group, choose one of those and maybe choose that one for the life group to work on that week. Say, hey guys, we, we need to work on making sure we're in his word. Or, hey, are we praying actively as a life group? And, you know, one uh, way I, th- I saw occurred a couple life groups do is that they have prayer cards that they then give to one another so they can be praying for each other. And also, that we know that God has the ear of his children. So for point one, life group leaders, you can use those five means of grace that Christ provides to help your life group persevere in the hard work. And then point number two, to learn from faithful pastors. You know, there might be a lot of confusion about, you know, what is a pastor, what is an elder is actually asked in one of our questions last week on Pastor Hayden's sermon. Um, and as simply as this, your pastors are the elders, the elders are the pastors. The Bible is very clear that these are synonymous and a lot of church structure that people might be familiar with. If it's congregational, that was kind of developed more in the, the new you know, new um, world, aka the, the colonial America, or even you know Presbyterians, which kind of developed more during the Reformation, particularly in Scotland and other church governments that might be familiar with. Whereas we are just going to go right to the root of uh, church governance found in Scripture. But most importantly, what you're looking for is you're looking for faithful pastors. You know, and especially challenging the your know, life because hey, are we listening to the pastors that God has provided? And it feels even weird for me to say because I am one of those pastors, and it feels a little self-serving, but it is biblically true. That's where I will stand on solid ground and say, yes, I have been. God has raised me and Pastor Hayden up, and hopefully raising up more people to more men, right qualified, faithful men to entrust the teachings of Christ to, so that they can faithfully teach you guys. So you know how. You know, how, having your life group say, okay, how are we following the direction of the pastors here? How can we learn better? How can we, as I said, soak it in? How can we soak in the teaching? And how can we better teach 
or bring this teaching and this truth that we're taught on Sundays and in life groups and the discipleship and bring it to our family? How can we you know, entrust that truth to our families accurately? How can we entrust this truth to the marketplaces we're talking to people because we're all called the disciple. God has given us pastors to teach the truth to us so that we can take that truth to our families and to the marketplace. So have your life group really work through what it looks like to really take the teachings from Sunday and how can they accurately and keep the scriptures pure and teach them to their family and to their kids. And it might be a great discussion as you guys do that. Even map it out for yourself. What does that look like for you as a life group leader to you know, take it to your wife, take it to your husband, take it to your children, into your workplace, into your neighborhood. How can you do this or do it better so that you guys as a life group can fulfill your mission to make disciples? And point number three, you know, the prioritization of your participation to make disciples, really what that is, is that there's a lot of it's amazing work that's happening at the church where people are really starting to conform their lives to what was old to now what was what is new and that new life is living for Christ and people are changing their calendars people are changing their agendas people are changing their trajectory and so as a life group we can talk about hey what are you participating in how are you how is your participation in your life group maybe you don't there's people in your life group that are kind of hit and miss that's why we need to have coffee with them and say hey you you need to make this a priority it's serving serving one another and we are in the serving we are discipling one another in our serving. And so we need to make this a priority. And yes, our calendars will begin to reflect that our family is with the church body. And that's a good thing. We need to make that clear to our life groups. That having our family surrounded by the God's family is a beautiful thing. There's a text I was not able to get to, but here's a text to think about. In, in Matthew, Jesus talks about who his family is, whoever does the will of the Father. So that's really your family. And one of my favorite joys for me personally was being able to have Thanksgiving, not only with my my family, my sister and her and her husband and, and kiddos, but also having family, you know, Thanksgiving with my church family. And really, they're my family too. Even though I miss my my parents, my in-laws, my other sister, it was amazing to be able to spend fellowship and to be able to have Thanksgiving with my family, even though we're our life group would like to say, hey, we'll see you tomorrow. Just kidding. We'll see you in a few hours because that's what it, it, it is to prioritize our participation to make disciples. Hey, we're going to be with one another. And the motivation to keep us focused, there's four ways we talked about already. Always aim to please Jesus. Having your life group ask you, what is the thing that's pulling me away? And then to bring it to the life group. I did this in the second service. And so leaders, be sure to listen to the second service where I said, hey, here's a question to ask. And this is what you need to bring to your life group because this is we need to do this together. We need to please Jesus, and so we need a life group to help us focus at the battle at hand to please our commander. Uh, like the athlete, we need to make sure that we're always following Jesus' direction, that we're saying, hey, this is how you compete. We need to do that. So we need to ask, okay, what is what desires really me that I need to subdue, and how can I bring it to my life group so that they can help me be a more effective you know, follower of Jesus and to help other people follow Jesus. With the farmer, you know, working hard, and this is where we can say, yeah, discipleship is hard. It's not, sometimes it's amazing. Sometimes it is really, really difficult. You're having tough conversations. You're telling people to let go of idols they've been holding on to for the rest of their lives. You're telling people to stop sinning, to go a different direction. It is tough conversations. And it's not very fun all the time, but it's good. And so like a farmer, we need to work hard for Jesus's harvest. And so we want our life groups to think through, okay, who am I being discipled by and who am I discipling and how can I labor harder? 
and to bring to your life group. And then finally, as we consider and think about these things, we always want to seek Jesus' wisdom. And so really challenging in our life group. Where are we specifically relying on our own smarts and wit and strength instead of turning to the wisdom of God to be able to make disciples of our children, make disciples of our spouse, make disciples of our neighbors, and and so on. And so, Life Group Leaders, I pray that this is a great time as we um, talk about training and even talking about life groups. Say, hey, this is the vision of the church. It's our eighth distinctive. We have eight distinctives. Maybe read them out to your group and also emphasize number eight. We always work to plant more churches. We didn't come here to have bigger houses. We didn't come here to have experience bigger, better freedom than from California, now here in Texas. No, we came here because the nations are coming here, and we need to make disciples. We have a lot of hard work cut out for us, and so we need to make disciples and get ready to send people out to go plant a church so that they too can make disciples. So life group leaders, I pray that these application questions are also helpful Um there's a lot of them. There's about six, and number two has like four questions in it. And so with questions three through six, I'd recommend picking one or two that you say, I got to get to, and make sure you discern through your group. You know, which which of those, you know, question three, four, five, and six, which one of those two questions does your life group really need to wrestle through? So pick those and bring those up, and then if you're able to get through all of them, praise the Lord, but don't worry if you don't get through all of them. Just make sure that you redirect that discussion toward those questions that can help your group get ready to be discipled and continue to disciple. All right, and some helpful resources, um, a couple on just being trained. One is partners. And so if they are people have not gone through partners, you can encourage them. There is a wait list for that, but still it's in, you can tell them about partners. Another book that we sell in the bookstore is called Improving Your Serve by Chuck Swindoll. It's a cool little purple book that if you were on our launch team, you remember reading that book, but it's a really helpful book to help us improve our serve as a church and so that we can eventually train our kids and train one another to be able to serve even better. In a book on biblical eldership, you can one they can if your question if your group has more questions, have them reach out to your pastors. We can talk with them. We'd love to meet with them, try to show them biblically. A helpful book that I agree with with a lot is a book called um, Biblical Eldership: An Urgent Call to Restore Biblical Church Leadership by Alexander uh, Strouch, Strouch, Strock, Alexander Strock. S-T-R-A-U-C-H. Don't know how to pronounce it, but it's called Biblical Eldership by Alexander Strauch. A very helpful book that really breaks down the two simple offices of elder and deacon, what those even look like. Um, It is a helpful book. Um, With every book, though, we don't always recommend every part in it, but that one is a very helpful book that breaks down what biblical eldership looks like according to Scripture. All right, Life Groups, just to let you know, Life Groups are back. You had a Thanksgiving off, but just to let you know, for the next three weeks, you are back. So use these next three weeks well because we are off for three weeks. So the week of December 18th, the week of December 25th, and and then January, the week of January 1st, we are off of Life Groups. So be sure to use these next three weeks well. Even plan a fellowship in that three-week period that you're off so that your group is still there encouraging one another. And as a reminder, we have on January 7th, a life group leader meeting. We, it, it is Commitment Sunday, which Pastor Hayden and I are very excited to kind of roll out for you and for your life group. But we'll let you know more about that on January the 7th. A few announcements. One, Christmas at Compass. Man, I am encouraged to see um, what God is doing. By, by the way, I mentioned at Sunday service that, that there was almost 150 people registered. 
Well, as of the Sunday afternoon, there's over 160 people registered, 160 gals registered for the Christmas coffee. There's still room, so be sure to register. Invite people so that they can register. It's going to be a great time on Saturday, December 2nd at 9 a.m. And a reminder, next week we have our biblical archaeologist, so get your life group excited about that. And then December 10th, we have a Christmas celebration, which on the day before and the 9th at 9.30, we'll have our church-wide outreach on Saturday, December 9th, so we can invite people to the Christmas celebration on December 10th. I'll be praying this year, the last two years, we have been rained out uh, from doing outreach. I think last year we had lightning, and so to protect you guys, we said uh, pray and stay home. Uh, but pray that there is no rain or lightning so that we can go out and knock on doors and invite people. December 17th, we have our Christmas Kids Choir, and then we have our Christmas Eve service. But also, as a reminder, we have our Serve Team Celebration, which is on December the 18th. It's a Monday night at 6 p.m., and this is awesome. We have over, already over 170 people registered for that. And this morning, uh, Sunday morning, it was 140. Now it bumped up 30 people. So get your life group. If they have served in any capacity, um, get them registered for this. It's free. We'll have something for the kiddos, uh, and it will be at the Civic Center. And this is one of the ways that we, one of our biggest celebrations we do as a church because we're celebrating what God has done through the servants of the church. And we want to celebrate what God cares about, which is us serving one another. So life group leaders, you know, I look forward to hearing what, uh, how the discussions are in life group and be praying that God would be glorified the way that you disciple and lead your group this week. Pastor Hayden will be back in the microphone uh, next week after uh, as, after Christmas Kitty, our biblical archaeologist, comes in and teaches on the evidence of the biblical Bethlehem account. We look forward to seeing you this week and then seeing you next Sunday, church.